Macworld Podcast number 71, special edition for January 24th, 2007. Sponsored by MYOB, small business management software. MYOB helps you mind your own business smarter. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. Well, we're nearly through with our special edition podcast from the floor of Macworld Expo. And in this edition, Macworld Senior Editor Rob Griffiths returns to the Macworld stage to present 20 Things You Might Not Know About Mac OS X. After listening to Rob's session, which is presented in a game show format, I think a better title might be several of 20 things you definitely didn't know about Mac OS X, but now that you do know about them, you're a better and brighter person, though I grant you that it's hard to fit all that on a marquee. Anyway, there's some really good stuff in here. So, without further blathering, here's Rob Griffiths. I'm here to talk about OS X tips, and I, I've done it so much, I thought I wanted to try something that was a little bit different. So I kind of put it together like a little Jeopardy show, where I'm going to tell you something that OS X does, and then I'm going to ask somebody in the audience, you know, raise your hand, essentially, to tell me how it does what I've shown it able to do. Does that make sense? So, bear with me, my eyes can only sort of look one spot, so I might pick a wrong hand, and I apologize, but it's free, so no complaining. And uh, I will do my best to grab the first hand I see. One prize per person, please. And, uh, like I said, anything that goes unanswered will be uh, raffled off at the end. And after somebody has answered, or if it goes unanswered, I'll actually demonstrate how the tip works so that you, there is an educational aspect. It's not just, sorry, you don't get to know how that works. So I've titled this 20 Things You Didn't Know About OS X, but it's actually really 20 Things You Might Not Know About OS X. And I'm hoping that of these 20 questions, I'm, I'm hoping at least 15 or so get answered, but we'll see. And they start off easy, and they get a little more tricky as we get towards the end. So um, the way the prizes are laid out here, uh, they go from left to right in sort of increasing order. And this is for the last question. The first question is sort of the, those at that end of the table. So here we go. You ready? Question number one, or sorry, OS X feature number one. You can watch nearly any OS X animation in slow motion. How do you do it? Press the shift key. That's correct. Anything that OS X animates, anything that OS X animates, like going to the dock, you can slow it down by just holding down the shift key before you pick it. So this works in dashboard, it works in front row, it works in uh, um, minimizing and unminimizing. So that was without... And this was with, what good is it? I don't know. It makes a great demo. <laughs> That's about the uh, the best I can say for it. But it works everywhere. So clearly somebody at Apple enjoys the fact that you can do things in slow motion. So, okay, one for one. Number two. You can remove the groupings, i.e. personal, hardware, etc., from the system preferences panels. Do you know how? Hint, it alphabetizes the list. Nobody. Oh, <laughs> um, I actually do this all the time on mine because I can't visually remember where something is. So if you just go into System Preferences, there's a menu under View, Organize Alphabetically. And that's the end of the categories. And you can just hit the Tab key and start typing, and it'll, collect, it'll select things based on the alpha um, without having to see personal hardware. And if you notice, it also makes everything shorter. So I do this on all my machines, and it's a simple little menu item, and if you want to undo it, you just organize by categories. So there you have it. It's it's that easy, and it's I, I actually hadn't looked at that menu for probably the first year I was running OS X, and I was complaining about these categories, and somebody said, geez, you just get rid of them this way. Said, okay. And uh, I think it was just a little movie of what it looks like, but we know that. Okay, the third question... You can store item in the finder's toolbar directly from the finder. How do you get objects into the toolbar? 
Okay, and the white hat. Yep, you drag them and you have to hold them. And a lot of people, uh, oops, wrong button. So to get something into the toolbar in the finder, you just simply drag it up and you have to hover for a minute until you see the plus sign and then you can let it go. And once it's up there, yeah, sorry, one of the two on the end. Either the earplugs or the, yeah. <laughs> no, you answered too early. <laughs> Neither? Okay. Um, and once it's up there, if you hold the command key down, you can drag it around and put it wherever you want. And then when you click those things, obviously it goes there. To get rid of it, you hold the command key and you can drag it off the toolbar. And there it goes. So that's a simple finder trick. And Warren, I told you, they're going to get tougher. Question number four. How do you change the front row keyboard shortcut? That is correct. It's not an application, so you won't see its keyboard shortcut within front row anywhere. But if you go into the keyboard and mouse section, you want to... You can now pick from the second grouping. <laughs> there, were three, there were three prizes, so we are in the fourth question. <laughs> yep. Um, if you go into System Preferences Keyboard Shortcut, the front row assignment is down here at the end, and you would reassign it by just changing this keyboard shortcut to whatever you want it to be. I change it on my own machine because Command Escape is actually too close to, like, Command Tab, and I'm always, like, flying around, and all of a sudden front row wakes up. It's like, oh, go away. And you have to wait for it to unanimate to go away again. So that's how you change front row. The other tip here is this is a very powerful panel. I also use this to do things like uh, I hit the plus sign, and you can assign new shortcuts for existing applications. And one I do all the time on any machine is I go into iChat, and there's this menu item, Log Out of AIM. And by default in iChat, that's Command-L. Well, in Safari, Command-L means select the URL bar. So if you're tabbing back and forth between the two and you hit Command-L in the wrong application, all of your chats close. So I assign this to be Shift-Command-L inside of iChat. And then when I hit Add... I can no longer accidentally log out of iChat by hitting Command-L. I have to hit Shift-Command-L. So I do that with Command-Q and Command-W on programs I leave open all the time and want to have their windows available. So uh, a very powerful panel. The only thing you have to know to use it is this word here has to be the exact spelling, including the capitalization of the menu item within the program. So if it says log out of AIM and it's capitals, it needs to be capitalized like that. Number five... How can you see a list of all installed Apple software updates? Oh, thought this one was good. I'll, since you didn't take one, I'll let you answer again. In, in the software update application? I don't, I don't think it shows there. The problem is, if you don't have an update, like if it, if it runs now, right, and if it completes it, there's nothing to update, and it won't let you out of that menu. It can only cancel. It's sort of annoying. So the way to see it all the time is if you go into System Preferences... And going to software update here, there's a tab called installed updates that just lists them all out. Uh, again, I used my Mac for a long time before I ever knew that was there. And it's, it's a great way to just see what's there. So the software update solution works if you have an update to get, because then the window will appear and then there's a tab for the installed updates. You can take something. <laughs> One and a half questions, take any of the first five. So, he earned it. <laughs> Um, so anyway, installed updates. Oops, look, I have no updates. Um, in this, so the software update tab in the system preferences panel is the easiest spot to see all of those things. Okay, question number six. Answer number six. You can see additional information in the login window, such as, you know, when it looks, it looks like that at first. You see Gargantua five, but you can also things like version and build number and serial number and 
IP address and network logins and date and time. How do you get that information? That's right. All you have to, I can't demonstrate this easily because you have to log out, but when you're, um, when you're looking at the login window, all you have to do is click on um, the actual word Gargantua 5, and so you just keep clicking, and it'll cycle through all of those options. So anything? Let's see. Uh, we're good anywhere up to here now. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, um, challenge in when you want to answer a question. <laughs> so... But, uh, so that's an easy way. I like to, I prefer to see the date and time and you can just sort of click on it. There is a way to make it permanently change. It requires the terminal. I'm not going to try to explain it here, but if you go to, um, macworld.com and search on like, uh, login window, you'll see a tip on how to permanently make it display whatever you want to display. Okay. Question number seven. You can play any QuickTime click clip backwards with audio. Well, you would have heard audio if we had audio. <laughs> um, so anyway, how do you make a QuickTime movie play backwards with sound? You're out. <laughs> Anybody? Um, there's a, a keyboard shortcut for it that doesn't seem to be documented somewhere, and we'll just use uh, Harry Potter here, the new Harry Potter. So if we go jump in the middle, I don't know why we don't have sound. Um, if you hit Command, back arrow, it'll just start playing backwards. And if you can hear it, it's actually sort of funny because everything's going... <laughs> Um, and you hit command forward arrow, it'll start playing forwards again. So, hmm. oh yeah, there you go. Didn't know that one. Shift double click in the movie. Good thing you already answered. I would have buzzered you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know where my sound is, which will make the next couple of these sort of annoying. But anyway, um, so that's how you play a QuickTime movie backwards. Um, how do you make QuickTime clips play extra loudly when viewed in a browser? That is correct. There's a hidden feature when you're watching a movie in a browser. If you hold the shift key and click the play button, you get that different looking control object on the left. And if you slide it up, it will sort of take the maximum volume and go above that. Come pick your prize. Um, yeah, exactly. It goes to 11. And you can sort of keep doing that, but at some point your ears will complain. Um, so let's see. I think we're up to, what, quest, what question was that? Eight? One, two, three, four. I think we're all the way into this group here. So anything up through here? We have a USB universal drive adapter, Crash Plan, which is some new backup software, Paziz, which uh, is demonstrating sort of this relaxation rest thing, Virus Barrier, um, Font Agent Pro, a Griffin iTrip, and uh, some earplugs from ETY, Case, Scuba Case, iMango Sound, Fast Track Schedule, Data Rescue 2, Parallels Desktop for Mac, and sort of the biggie is the JBL Onstage Micro, which is actually brand new with the show. So, all right. Ouch. It's <laughs> a lot of static. Question number nine. Answer number nine. You can use a solid white color as a desktop background with one click. How do you do it? Well, once you're in... Exactly. There's a hidden choice if you go into system preferences. Come pick uh, your prize. Uh, desktop and screensaver. And you go into the solid colors section. It doesn't look like there's white, but if you just click on white you'll get a white desktop. So, yeah, anywhere from there over. Yep. Um, and I don't know why they didn't, like, you know, at least put a little blank outline around the white color or something to let you know it's there. But if you just click where there's nothing, you'll get a solid white desktop. Um, I actually don't like solid white desktops, so I'm going to go back to my preferred desktops, which are these pictures from uh, Plasma Design. We actually have Rob Rantoul is sitting in the audience. 
in the corner is the guy who did all these desktop pictures. So um, he had some great stuff at plasmadesign.uco.uk. Um, I'm spoiled by his talents. So back to Keynote. So, yeah, I don't know why it's not marked. And, and again, I found it by accident. It's like, hey, my desktop turned white. What did I do? So question number 10, answer number 10. You can zoom in on the screen even if you have disabled zoom in, in universal access. How can you do this if you're not using universal access zoom? Nobody. All the way in the back in the red. No, that's the universal access method is command option plus and minus. Anybody? It's actually on any setting now. Any, as long as you have a scroll wheel mouse, it doesn't have to be a mighty mouse. And so, yeah, come pick your product. That is correct. You can control zoom as long as you have a scroll wheel mouse or a mouse or even a MacBook like this one that supports two-fingered scrolling. So all you have to do, and it's going to be hard for you to see, but um, if I just hold down the control key and put two fingers on my trackpad, you can zoom in and out. And, you, and then once it's zoomed in, you can scroll around the screen and use it like you would and zoom in and out. So it's a real fast way to zoom in and out on your screen and it's a you can turn it off but it ships on by default and it's in the mouse section or trackpad in this case um, where to go I don't see it. yeah there we go <laughs> thank you zoom while holding control and so yeah, you can change the uh, key it uses to do it and this will open the universal access but even if zoom is disabled the control zoom works so very good we'll be back with Rob after this message from our sponsor MYOB 1989, David Hasselhoff was dancing on the Berlin Wall, Michael Jordan was in search of his first title, and the brand new Macintosh SE had 4 megabytes of RAM. 1989 was also the year MYOB introduced their award-winning software for Mac small businesses. 17 years later, MYOB and is now still back empowering to the with Rob Griffiths owners to manage their Frakes. customers, vendors, inventory, payroll, and of course their accounting. To learn how MYOB can help your small business, visit myob-us.com. MYOB. Mind your own business. Smarter. And now, more from Rob Griffiths. Question num- answer number 11. It's like ITV. Uh, you can reveal and navigate the dashboard bar using only the keyboard. So how do you get the bar to show up and move across it page by page without using your mouse? This actually first was here. Yes, using the keyboard. Well, no, after you've hit F12 and dashboard is up, the little bar. So how do you get, ouch. <laughs> so, you know, there's dashboard and I have a, something active, but the bar isn't visible. So the question is, how did I just do that without touching the mouse? And I think somebody in the back had an answer. No, all you have to do is hit command equals and that bar will spring up. And then you can use command left and right arrow to scroll through all the pages. However, you can't pick anything. <laughs> This annoys the heck out of me. I'm like, great, I love the keyboard. I can get the bar up, I can scroll through the pages, and you, no, nothing. You can't get it to actually activate. So it's mainly annoying, and I'm hoping at some point, I keep hoping a minor update will come out and let me like use return and an arrow key or something to pick one. But you can at least save a little bit of time by using the keyboard there. Okay, we're getting tougher, as I said. Question number 12. Answer number 12. You can detach widgets from the dashboard so they float above your desktop outside of the dashboard layer. Now, there's a terminal method and a hack to do it permanently, but you can do it without using terminal on a temporary basis just by doing it in the right way. Anybody know how to get a widget out of the dashboard and into the desktop? Uh, I haven't actually tried that, but let me see. Let's try a suggested option drag. Um, so you want me to activate a widget and then option drag it from here? Oh, from here? So hold down option and drag. 
and then just drop? Nope, stuck there. Anybody else? There's a what? No, the back of the button doesn't do it. The trick is, and you're very close, um, you go to the... Every time I come back, I'm getting about 100 volts right through my hand. Um, You pick whatever widget is you want to see on the desktop, like let's uh, maybe see how Apple's doing today, and you drag it out. Now, while you're still dragging it, if you hit F12 again, dashboard deactivates. So now this widget is floating on the desktop, and I can go back to use a keyboard and mouse panel, I can go to the movie, but you notice it is floating. So on a PowerBook, it's not going to be a lot of good because you've got a 12 or 13 or 14-inch screen. But if you're at home and you've got a bigger monitor, you can leave widgets open such that you can always see them. Look, people are realizing the phone's not available till June. Um, and if you want to get rid of it again, well, you can either uh, hold down the Option key. Oops. Sorry, you can't hold down the Option key to close it as you would when it's in Dashboard. So you pick it up and you drag it. You hit F12 again, and then you let it go. And now it's back in the Dashboard. So it's that easy to move a widget from the dashboard to the desktop and then back into dashboard. Now, if you happen to log out with one of them on your desktop and you log back in, it'll be gone. Um, if you want it there permanently, you can search on Mac Update or Version Tracker. There's some programs that enable that functionality or there's a, a terminal solution. But uh, very simple to just you know drag it out of the bar, hit F12 while you're still dragging, let go of the widget, and it's on your desktop. Answer number 13. You can use a different picture in the tile game dashboard widget. Does anybody know how to change the picture that's in the tile game widget? <laughs> oh, you got one already. <laughs> um, if I activate dashboard, I got the tile game right here, and it's this tiger, and I can mess it up, and I'm no good at it, and I'll never finish it again. Um, but you can use actually whatever picture you want, and the only trick is drag and drop. So I'm dragging this uh, image that I took actually on Neil's Geek Cruise when we went to the uh, Caribbean. Neil's in the back there. And uh, this was on a scuba, scuba diving trip in Belize. So and these, are, these make tough puzzles. So I just drag one, and I hit F12, and I drop it into the widget. And so now I've replaced the tiger. And you can use whatever image you want. It will not resize, so you don't want to like put a 1024 by 768 image into there. Um, but you know, modest sized images work. And like I said, if I scramble this, I will never get it back together. The good news is, if you close it and then reopen it, you're back to the tiger. So as long as you leave it open, you'll have your new picture. When you close it, it goes back to the default. So you don't have to worry about how to restore anything. So. Um, and the bigger issue, the bigger lesson here, or tip, if you will, is that a lot of dashboard widgets support drag and drop. So you can take a snippet of text from the desktop with a city location or something and drag it into a map or weather, you know, all those things you can drag and drop from the desktop into a widget as long as the widget is open before you start the operation. Answer number 14. Okay, this one's hard to explain. How can you hide a program without first activating it or using hide others from another program? You already got one. <laughs> uh, black coat. Um, but Command-H is uh, the one with the red line through it there. That hides the program. So is there a way to do it without activating the program first? That is correct. Come pick a prize. We're up to 14, which means one, two, three, four, five, six. We are into everything except the box. Everything except the, box? Everything except the JBL. Including the, uh, this is a uh, iPod-enabled sound case backpack, which I've never seen before. Sort of interesting. And a scuba case for uh, MacBooks, anything over there, and any of these. It's a portable uh, iPod speaker system. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> they won't stand up without that, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so if you uh, if you want to quit a program and you're using the command tab switcher, sorry, if you want to hide a program, like QuickTime's open here in the background, with it at, when it's the chosen program in the switcher, if I just hit H, I'm still holding down the command key with my thumb. QuickTime will hide. If I, if I hit the Q key, QuickTime will actually quit. 
So you can do things from the application switcher just by using H for hide and Q for quit. And at the end of the day, I tend to just sort of go through here and go tab Q, tab Q, tab Q, tab Q, tab Q, tab Q to quit everything that's been opened up during the course of the day. So there's some hidden power in the application switcher. It's actually pretty handy to use, especially for hiding programs when it's like right in way of that window you know you want. You don't have to go into it first, hide it, and then go somewhere else. Answer number 15. You can copy only selected columns of text in TextEdit in 10.4. Anybody know how to copy, like, for instance, just the weekdays or just the middle column? That is correct. Uh, the answer is you hold down the option key while you're dragging. So if I open my sample document here, um, if I just drag, obviously, I'll get everything. But if I hold down option, anything except the last box. And parallels, all right. Um, I'm holding option. Now when I drag, I just get a column. And if I then copy that... And paste, I have just the column of data. So it's a great way to get columnar data out of text edit into something else where you're going, gosh, I have to delete everything, return, delete, return, delete, return. So just use the option key and you can select whatever column you want. All right, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Question answer 16. You can make better passwords with a built-in password helper, and you can do this through two spots that I'm aware of. Anybody know either of the spots that will help you create passwords? If you notice, it will create some memorable ones, and it will create some you don't have a chance in heck of remembering. Did you just answer? Uh, no, it's actually not in the utilities folder. Keychain access? Yes, keychain access is one spot, and the second spot is when you go to change your user's password. So I'll demonstrate the one in system preferences just because it's open already. But if you go into accounts and I hit change password, there's this little key here. And when you hit that, that opens the password assistant. And uh, what's interesting is you can actually sort of leave that open even after you've closed the other window. So it, it doesn't have to be used to create a password for your login account. You have an online ID and you want a new password, just come in here and say, okay, I want a letters and numbers password and I want to make it really long or I want to be really dangerous. And it kind of lets you know by the color whether you've created a safe password or a dangerous password. And unfortunately, all the safe passwords kind of look like that. Um, Although it was interesting, when I was playing with this last night and I picked a memorable, the very first option it came, the very first one it came up with spelled K-Y-L, used the number one and the letter E as the first part. That's my daughter's name. And, and I'm looking through the system going, is, her, is she in here somewhere and they're reading it? But it was pretty impressive. I'm still not sure I'd call this a memorable password. But yeah, anything you want up to this box. One thing, though. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a very useful tool. I've used it a lot since I discovered it. Um, and it's just a sort of hidden thing. And it's, it's odd it's not in the utilities folder. It's not a standalone program. But that same button exists in Keychain Access, and it brings up the same assistant. Answer number 17. This one is tough. You can watch a semi-transparent QuickTime movie. If you'll notice, that's the finder moving around in the background there behind this movie clip that's playing. And if somebody gets this one, I will be very impressed. Because it's actually, it's probably one of the only two on here that's actually a multi-part answer. But there's this odd feature in Stickies, believe it or not. So if I go into Stickies and I make a new note, Stickies is actually a very powerful program. It has the ability to hold almost anything. And one of those things that it can hold includes a movie. So I'm just going to drag in my Happy Feet movie. And it's going to pop up and say, do you really want to copy the entire movie into a sticky note? Well, I, no, I really don't. So I'm just going to make an alias. And so there's the movie in a sticky note with a controller that works. And uh, then the real trick is you go under the note menu and you can make it translucent. And you can also make it floating. So now I have a floating translucent movie playing in front of all of my background windows. 
Um, you know, practical? No. Great demo? Yeah. Um, but again, the bigger tip here is that stickies can hold more than just text and styled text. If you have a a clipboard clipping, paste it into a sticky note, it'll stay there. A sound file, it'll stay there. A movie clip. So stickies can hold a lot of stuff, including, obviously, uh, Happy Feet. And then if I close this and don't save, my movie's still here because I only put an alias of the movie in the note. I didn't make a copy of it or anything. So you know, I didn't lose anything. So that one's kind of fun. Number 18. You can see all of the pictures that are included in Dictionary. I don't know if you ever noticed, but when you use Dictionary, some words, they come up with pictures, like a bandicoot. I didn't know what it was. That's a bandicoot. Um, biplane is another one. And there, there are seemingly a lot of them, but um, so apparently somebody who reads my site was intrigued enough to go digging to figure out how to see all of them in one shot, basically. And uh, I'll wait a little bit for an answer, but this one's complicated, so I'm not expecting... Yep. Um, the dictionary is an application, but it's it's a little different in that most applications are bundles where you can sort of, if you control-click and you go show package contents, that shows you what's inside the program. And typically that's where you'd expect to find all the pictures that dictionary uses. But dictionary is sort of extensible. So if you actually go to the top level of your system and go into the library folder, you'll see a different dictionaries folder. And inside of there is the actual dictionary that's being used, which is the new Oxford American on my machine. And that also can show package contents. So I control-click on it, and I go inside, and there's a new folder, Contents. And inside of that is Images. And there are 1,194 images in the dictionary. And you can just page through them all. Um, I wouldn't necessarily take one of these things and put it in a public pres... I wouldn't do what I just did. <laughs> Copyright-wise, I'm not sure who owns these, but um, it's sort of interesting. Just I actually learned a lot of words when I was paging through this thing earlier and animals I'd never heard of. So it's in the, the top-level library dictionaries folder. Control-click, show package contents, and go into images, and you'll see all 1,194 of them. Um, there are a couple of little dictionary tips, and just in case you didn't know, if we were actually looking at our Bandicoot... Um, the dictionary is actually like a little web browser. Everything's a hyperlink. It's just not underlined. So if I double-click Insectivorous, uh, I get the definition of Insectivorous. If I double-click Worms, I'm, I'm headed down a bad path here. Uh, industrial, let's go this way. Uh, there we go. So double-click any word, it jumps you to the next definition in the dictionary. Very handy feature. Uh, it may be documented. I'd never heard about it until somebody told me about it. Number 19, kind of directly related to the hint we just had, um, how can you browse all of the graphic files in a program in one shot? And this is basically, uh, if you wanted to open all 1,194 of those pictures and they were in 20 different subfolders, not in one nice folder, how can you easily open them all at one time? The Drag the pictures preview one by one, but they're in multiple subfolders. These are triangles. Spotlight would do it, uh, although it's very complicated to find the right thing. Um, but I... I we have enough stuff. You guys, you both have sort of right answers, so if you both want to come claim a product other than the uh, the big box, because there are, there are at least three ways to do it. The You can use Spotlight if you want to narrow the search to the folder and find kind equals TIFF or JPEG and find them all, select all, and open. Or you can use List View and kind of open all the triangles and grab everything, and it hopefully only will be images. But the, uh, the uh, preview in 10.4 has this ability to open a folder and basically pull out all of the images. So if I'm just going to control click, oops, I'm going to go back into this images folder and then there are, there are no subfolders here, but if I just select this actual folder and drag it to the dock and hold down command and option, which tells the dock to force any program I'm hovering over to accept what I'm dragging and drop this on preview, 
it'll actually open all those images directly in preview, and you can just browse through them. Now, if you notice over here on the side, it's digging through everything. It's going folder by folder by folder into subfolders looking for all these images. So I dropped GarageBand on it last night, and it did this for like 12 minutes. I mean, and it was trying to open 12,500 some odd pictures. But as you can see, it will open a lot of pictures. So this is everything, including resources, icons, anything that's an image, preview has just opened, and you can browse it. And you can also do bad things. You could delete them, assuming it's somewhere you have write permissions. So be careful you don't hit Command-Delete while you're browsing your dictionary, or you will remove something. Um, so, yeah, three ways to do it. I like the preview way because it's simple. You just grab the top-level folder. It looks through all the subfolders for you and pulls out all the images in one shot. All right. Our last question. I don't remember what it is. Ah, this one's fun. How can you download files from websites without using a web browser and also not an FTP program or any other application that you might have installed? Or the terminal. <laughs> it's using a, a program that Apple has provided. There's a, when they, do you ever remember when widgets, there was a little widget security issue earlier this year where Apple wanted to, they released an update that helped verify that the widget you download is the widget you thought you were downloading? Well, when they did that, they actually released a little program, and if you again go to the top level and go into your system, library, core services folder, there's a program down here called Verified Download Agent, and I'm just going to drag it to the sidebar, and then I click it, it launches, and this is it. It's running. Um, you'll notice there's no uh, no icon on the menu bar. It doesn't show up in the dock. It's got no user interface. It still thinks I'm in the Finder. But if I were in Mail or something, let's see if I have a... I think I have a fake one. Um, so here's a... Uh, where'd it go? If I had like a web location URL, one of those springy things, and you drag and drop it in here... Um, let's see what happens if I try this. Probably not going to like this very much. Um, anyway, you can... Forgot to make my download URL, but if you just drag and drop this thing into here like that, it'll then go try to download it from the web location that's that's represented by the URL you dragged. So I leave this thing running and I just bury it in the dock because there's times when you get a URL in mail or a text document or a Word document you're reading, and instead of having to double click, open your browser, find it on the you know wait for the download, you just drag it in there and off it goes. So simple, it's easy. I didn't move it. Do not take it out of that folder, but you can put it into your sidebar. You can put it into the toolbar in the Finder. You can make an alias to it somewhere else, uh, and it just runs. And it, it's used by Safari, and it saves things to the spot where you have told Safari to save your downloads. So if you use it, you'll find them wherever you told Safari to download your items to. So those are my 20 tips as presented as a quiz, and I think we have a few things left over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, and the way I'm going to try to do this, <laughs> um, and I'm going to trust some honesty here, they're little tiny pieces of paper with numbers, so please take one and pass it around. Um, I'm, I don't want to, you can just pass the jar down. Um, oops. There goes the winner. Um, and I hope I have enough. Should be. There are, I made like 76 little numbers, so I'm hoping there are enough. I don't think there's 76 people here. Um, and uh, to make sure this was fair, I actually made a simple little spreadsheet <laughs> that I can just sort of sit here and pick random numbers. So once we have everything uh, handed out, I'll, I'll pick a few random numbers and we'll have winners. Everybody having a good show? What do you think of the iPhone? Yeah? Yeah? I think it's pretty expensive. <laughs> um, but it certainly the user interface looks... Uh, I just wish they would have let us touch them. <laughs> it's like felt like I was in a museum kind of looking at this. Oh, I remember those. Um, 
but that's no, definitely an interesting device. I was really hoping to see some new Macs hardware. You know, it's, I always tend to put off any purchase decisions until Expo. So it's now like, okay, you gotta put things off, cause there's gotta be an event of some sort coming up, or an announcement, cause we have some machines that haven't been updated for a while. The uh, question was, is the iPhone, yeah, and I guess if you have always 10 questions or general questions, I'll answer them while we're handing out some numbers. Um, was it, is the iPhone gonna be able to do real GPS? They did not tell us there was a GPS chip in it, and his demonstration to me of Google Maps kinda made it look like it doesn't have one, cause it started with the planet and he zoomed in on San Francisco. So, it seems like a logical extension, but I don't know what the size of a GPS chip is, and maybe it made the device too big for their their but I don't know okay so the the answer appears to be it's required by the government so that you can be located in an emergency but it doesn't have to be accessible to the user so yeah I want one that's accessible to the user too I mean it seems and um anybody looked at the mod book the modified MacBook over there from oh if you haven't go take a look they've they've taken a MacBook they ripped the top off they ripped the keyboard out they put a touchscreen screen on the top and flipped it over but they also stuck a GPS in it so it's a tablet Mac that runs OS 10 it uses um, Wacom's pen technology and the built-in inkwell um, so if you need a tablet it's currently the only solution but the thing I like is they use that space they freed up to put a GPS in it. So it's in there. They're kind of right over there somewhere. I think over by JBL, um, and it's a, you know, it's a MacBook. So you're running a Core 2 Duo, and you're paying a little extra, obviously, because it's an inverted screen and touch sensitive. But very well done. Um, anybody have almost ten questions while we're passing out numbers? Is <laughs> um, is there a way to make the animation go faster? There's a way to make some animations go faster, and I don't know if we'll be able to get one. Um, I don't know if this is going to work because I uh, no, it doesn't. Um, there's you can if you change this. Oops. In terms of minimizing, yeah, if you turn this to scale instead of genie, it's, it seems, I don't know if it is quicker, it seems quicker. I don't need a way to make that thing actually go faster. There's a way to speed up sheets. Um, you know what a sheet is a thing that drops down to the top of the window? Um, if you get Tinker Tool, which is a free program that lets you tweak your system, one of the things it lets you do is speed up the animation of sheets. Because um, Firefox used to be the worst for this. You go to Firefox Preferences and it would drop a sheet, and then you'd go into the sub-level and it would drop another sheet, and then they have to scroll back up. So Tinker Tool let you make that really fast, and that really does make your machine sit faster. I don't know any way to make that quicker. Like to print the, just to print information from the finder, the, the, the best way I know to do it is to get a program called Print Window. No, well, I mean, I think, you know, there's, uh, you can copy it and paste it into text edit and stuff. There is no good Apple provided method of printing a finder window, which there's a lot of stuff we could do in nine that they took away, obviously. So, I'm sorry, you, I think you were supposed um, all of these hints are in at least one of two places. Either on macosxhints.com, and then um, some of them have been rewritten and added more detail. Or on macworld.com, there's a macOS 10 hints area, and that's where you'll find a lot of these. So they're all they're all in at least one of those two places. Is anybody giving Tiger away for free? I will as soon as they ship Leopard. Um, <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> yeah, the most of what you saw today is probably a mix of about 50-50, 10-4, and 10-3. But 10-4 has some, real, most of the really cool stuff was in 10-4. Well, thank you all for coming. I hope you enjoy the show and uh, have a great weekend. And that concludes this edition of the Macworld Podcast, sponsored by MYOB, small business management software. MYOB helps you to mind your own business smarter. I'd like to thank Macworld's Rob Griffiths, the savvy Mac users who attended Rob's session and help out with the answers, and, of course, you for listening. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, and technology news, views, and information at Macworld.com. See you next time.